If you have your Bibles, I'm going to look at four different verses quickly, and then we'll try to make some comments. Let's start in Romans 12. Romans 12 and verses 1 and 2. I'm again hindered in my page flipping because this is not my normal Bible, but fortunately the fella who put the new cover on it has mailed it back. It's supposed to be here tomorrow night, so y'all be praying I've got lost in the mail. <laughs> Um, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I won't hide the ball. What I want to discuss this morning is the concept of renewal, renewing your mind. Now here you can see in this context, it's talking about applications. He's saying, I'm begging you that you take your life and your body and you apply it into God's service. You're a living sacrifice, and that's your reasonable service. And that you be not conformed to this world. To be conformed is to be molded. Ever played with Silly Putty or Play-Doh? You take those casts and you punch it in there and you peel it out. What's it look like? It looks like the cast. Well, that's what we're trying to avoid, is that we don't need to be conformed to the world. To the world, the, the desires and pleasures and sins of this world is what we are not to be conformed to, but rather we are to be transformed. That word transformed is a word you've probably heard of. The Greek is metamorphosis. Okay, The same way that you take a little caterpillar where it goes in that cocoon and comes out a butterfly. Is that butterfly a caterpillar anymore? No. It is something different. And that is how different we are to be in our new man, the spiritual man, the one who's born again by God, versus the old man. We're to be transformed. Now, but there is a renewal process that takes place more than once. There is a renewing by the Holy Spirit that gives us new life, right? That's called being born again. At some point in your life as a child of God, the Holy Spirit will enter into you and you will have a spiritual life where you did not have it before. Whereas all you desired before was to do the things that you wanted, to seek the things of this world, whatever made you feel good, whatever made you happy, whatever... It was had nothing to do with pleasing and serving and loving God. When you're born again, you have a new nature given to you, and you now desire, contrary to the old man, to seek the Lord, to love Him and do things that please Him. You're going to have to battle against those two natures the rest of your life, here below. And so there's a renewal. Listen to where it says, be by the renewing of your mind. All right? There's a mental component to this. That's where our renewal is going to be focused. All right, go a little bit later on to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second letter to the Corinthian church in the fourth chapter. Now each of these spots that we're going to, we could preach a whole message. Just to, to get the full context, that would be ideal. Um, but for the sake of the big picture, I'm going to refrain and I'm just going to pull out the nuggets. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and in verse 16, 
It says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, the context, just briefly, is that Paul is talking about the great persecution that he's going through. Paul was a faithful preacher of the gospel, and in everything that he did of serving the Lord faithfully, he got grief, he got heartache, he got whipped, he got stoned, he got shipwrecked, he got you know, cast out of cities. He was doing the right thing, and hard things were happening. Right? He says, but even if they kill the old man, and that's what, and, you know, our physical bodies... We faint not because of all these heartaches, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That inward man that you're given by the Holy Spirit, it is given new life day by day. There is a and that renewing the word means to renovate. <laughs> means to 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 be constantly being in, in a construction process. Right? Have you ever done any home remodeling? Just feels like it takes on forever and ever and ever and ever, right? That's you and I. We are constantly under construction. We don't get to a state of perfection. And so each day we are going through a renewal, or we should be going through a renewal. And there's a strengthening from the Lord and going back to seek Him day by day. All right. So go again over to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Letter to the Ephesian church. Fourth chapter. Similar to Romans, this comes in the context of begging for application, of doing the things in your life that you've been told. It's in verse 22, Ephesians 4, and in 22. That ye put off, 22 and 23, that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And again, the context there is laying aside the actions of the old man, picking up that which is good and right and holy and seeking him. But the idea is that you have to be renewing your mind every day, renovating your mind every day, conforming to the Father and to the image of his Son, and not to the world, transforming the word, sorry. So you've got this idea of renewing in the spirit of your mind, doing it day by day, and then there's one other spot I want to look at, and that's in the letter to the Colossians, and it's in the third chapter. Colossians chapter 3, and in verse 10, starting verse 9 just to get the whole sentence. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Again, talking about that old sin nature, that that which used to control your life, He's now not in charge and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Well, who creates your new man? Well, that's God the Father. And who's the image of God the Father? It would be Jesus Christ. All right? And we are to be conformed to him. right? To be conformed to the image of his Son. That's what we're looking towards. That's what we're being renewed to. But, but it's being renewed in knowledge in our mind, in the spirit of the mind, and day by day. Right? Is this an ongoing process? Yes. yes. This is not a one-time thing. And so the real burning question that I ask you today, and you can think about it, and I'm going to try and give you my answer, is how? How do you renew the spirit of your mind in the knowledge of Jesus Christ day by day?
Right? It's great to be told to do it. How you going to do it? I've got a few suggestions. I think they're pretty good. I won't say this list is exhaustive. And so if you can think of some others, let's talk about it at lunch. But number one, how do we renew our mind? How do we renew our mind with knowledge? Daily, regular prayer. So Brother John, that's, that's easy. Obviously, it's duh. But do we do it? <laughs> I'm going to give you a word picture to try and help this stick with you. Go to the Old Testament and look for the little letter written by Zechariah. Okay? Just a few books before Matthew. Zechariah, and I want chapter 3. Zechariah was shown a vision. All right? And there was a fellow whose name was Joshua, and he was a high priest. Zechariah 3, starting in verse 1, he says, He showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him, to be like the prosecutor. Right? That's what Satan, his role was. His name means accuser, an accuser before God. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out by the fire? And Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. All right, so you see this high priest, but he doesn't have the beautiful high priest garments, right? He's clothed in filthy garments. And stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood by him, and saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. <coughs> and unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment, or clothing, and I said, let them set a fair mitre upon his head. That's a head covering. A fair mitre upon his head. And so they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. This is the word picture I want you to hang on to when you think about praying to the Lord. Each day when we go to the Lord in prayer, it's like we're coming once again in those filthy clothes and Satan is there standing to accuse us and each day as we confess our faults to the Lord the word says that he's just and faithful to forgive them and he's already forgiven them because of the work of Jesus Christ and so that prayer is your communion with your father where he reminds you yet again I have put away your sins I have taken away those filthy garments that you have and I have given you new okay renewing your mind to that truth and so you don't have to go through today down and beating yourself up over the failures of yesterday because when you go to that father in prayer and you've prayed he's reminding you my son has already paid for that you were made clean though you were filthy and your garments so gross i've made them white as snow right and every Day, you have the ability to go to him once again. Now, your prayer doesn't change the fact that Jesus already paid for that sin. Okay? Jesus' work is complete. You can't change that. But how you enjoy the fellowship with your Father right now, that can vary dramatically based on your mind, your perspective, 
whether the spirit of your mind is in knowledge or whether you've gotten off track. And you think that somehow that I'm not worthy to go to my father today because I haven't cleaned myself up enough. Y'all, what a silly concept. You can't clean yourself up. You can't get to the spot where you're good enough to go to the Father. All right? But you can, in truth and in knowledge, always go to the Father and have access to the throne room of grace because you have permission to be there. You were invited by His Son, Jesus Christ, that I specifically have been chosen and died for this one. And He has the right to be here and I paid for everything. Lord, remind Him that He has been made clean. And when you start your day with that, Lord, you have a blank slate, a blank slate, a fresh day that you can go and serve in renewing of your mind, not burdened and clouded by all that's gone before. It can't hold you back from your service to the Lord. Lord, I'm not worthy to serve you. No, Bubba, you're not. But he made you worthy. And by the sacrifice of his son, he has given you gifts and talents and abilities to be put about, put about into his service. And so one way, and I want you to keep that idea of, the, of going for that high priest standing there, and you've got Satan there accusing you because Satan will be there, right? He'll say, no, you can't. You can't go to the Father. You can't serve him. I know what you've done. I know what you've thought. I know what you've said. But what does the New Testament say about Satan, right? He, he can't accuse you anymore. Who can accuse you? God's the one that justified you. He's the one who's paid for it all, right? And by the blood of the Lamb, Revelation says that he was overthrown, right? He has been cast down to earth, and he is in great wrath because he knows his time is short. So the best he can do, he can't defeat Christ's work. He can't pluck you out of the Father's hand. If Christ died for you, you're going to be with Christ, period, end of story. But Satan can't make you miserable while you're here. So, renew your mind. Renovate your mind every day. Don't allow the baggage of yesterday's mistakes to hinder you from serving him today. Okay? Renewing your mind. Daily, regular prayer. Okay? Re-acknowledging God's sovereignty over all creation and in your life. Right? There's a humility that has to come from that. Of recognizing that I am going to the one who's truly in charge over my life and it's not me. He has made us clean. So one, how do we renew our minds? One, daily, regular prayer. Keep that mental image of that high priest because he's made us kings and priests, right? And so you are a priest of the Most High God and you have a sacrifice to make. What is it? Your living body. Your thoughts, your words, your actions. It's all been bought by Christ, paid for by his blood. You're in his service. Renew your mind so that you can go about it. All right, daily, regular prayer. Two, regular worship together with other believers. And Brother Jonathan, you're just telling us to come to church. Yeah, I am. Hebrews 10, 23 and 25, through 25. Hebrews chapter 10. This is not so you can get a perfect attendance sticker. This is not so you can see what everyone else is coming to wear on Sundays. This is coming to worship the Lord in the manner that He designed. Alright? This is not a solo competition. This is a team sport. Okay? That we need one another as we're going through this world. We're talking about renewing our mind, worshiping together in regular um, attendance with your fellow believers. Alright. 
said. Can't find my words in this Bible. 10, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another. If we're considering one another, we've got to be around one another. Considering one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Who are you provoking unto love and good works? Those around you, right? Fellow believers. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. There will be folks who won't assemble. Don't follow that pattern. It says you'll see that example. That's not a good one. Don't forsake the assembling together. Gather together. Why? Because you're exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. How do we renew our minds? Part of it is gathering together with the Lord's saints, right? Mutual encouragement, mutual exhortation, coming to hear the preached word. This is important. God designed it this way that we are to be together to worship him together. Well, I can worship the Lord just as well out in the fishing boat while I'm fishing. You think you can, but this is how he designed it. Who's sovereign over your life? You or him? So it's a matter of trusting his pattern is best. All right, so here's another word picture. You had your first one, your high priest, right? Another word picture. One of the uh, stories we listened to, we listened to audiobooks when we traveled, got to listen to a lot, um, was about a little boy who stowed away on Captain Cook's uh, voyage that went, you know, circumnavigated the globe. It's very interesting. He's an 11-year-old kid. But part of what I was reintroduced to was the concept in sailing of tacking, all right? So if the wind is blowing straight at you and you're in a sailboat, can you go straight? No, right? It don't work but you can tack, which is where you adjust the sails and you can kind of go off to the right and go back off to the left and go back off to the right. And it's kind of diagonals, right? You do that back and forth and you'll eventually make headway. Does it take a long time? Sure, all right? Tacking. I don't sail very much, so maybe that's not the best description, but here's the point. You got to know where you're going, right? And so in this world, here's your illustration. It's not perfect. The wind is always blowing in our face, okay? That's the world, that's the desires of the world, the sins of the world, the temptations, the lust, the anger, the bitterness, the news, the depression, all the things that will just consume you are blowing right in your face. But what we're looking to is our Lord, blowing you exactly away from it. Are you strong enough to go directly against all that? No. But even if you're looking at the Lord and you're trying, you're going to be going back and forth, right? And so you've got to keep coming back and looking. What is that point on the horizon that I'm coming to? Because if I start going off over here and I'm going in a straight line, I can think, man, I'm doing pretty good. But if I haven't gone back to church and haven't listened to the Word, I may realize I'm way off course now. Because, y'all, there's not a one of us who can do this perfectly. All right? If there was, the Lord wouldn't have needed to set up a church for mutual encouragement and teaching and whatever. And so we all have to have our course corrections regularly of where am I going and how am I getting there. And so it's like coming to church is, all right, got to get recalibrated. Where's that point again? All right? That's one of the benefits of regularly coming back to church. So I don't know if that illustration helps you or not. The thing about ships, come to church. Right? All right? How about this one? This one may be more helpful. The daily... Reading of the Word, all right? Some of y'all work with big engines, right? You ever try to run one without fuel? Does it work so well? All right. Reading the Lord's Word is spiritual fuel for your soul. You may have a daily devotion, 
And that's fine. But that can't be it. Now we used a push mower, it's got one of those little bulbs to start it. All right, you push two or three times, you get enough gas and it may crank up. That little bulb's your daily devotion. All right, it's a little primer, it can get you going, but this is the meat, this is the quantity, this is the fuel that will keep you going, okay? You gotta have it in abundance. But you can't just go through the motions, all right? You ever tried to fill up a gas tank, but you didn't actually put the nozzle in the tank, you just set it beside it? <laughs> How much gas did you gather? None, right? You can't use it. You can't carry it over the tractor. You put it in the lawnmower. It doesn't do any good, right? Well, if you're just reading to check the box and your mind is not there and you're not thinking about how can this apply to me, you're just filling up the gas over there in the grass. You ain't putting it in your tank, right? So inactive, inattentive reading, that's not helpful. Thinking about, man, how does this apply to somebody else? You can't fill up their tank, right? It's me. Lord, what has the Lord done for me? What's he trying to teach me? How can I apply this to my life? Or how can I help somebody? That's fine. But y'all, we can get pretty hard-hearted and see a lot of things. And man, so-and-so should be reading that. Well, let the Lord work on that. That may be the church that you could have that ready to encourage or exhort. But we need to be reading for our own edification. Lord, show me where I'm not living right. Lord, show me where I can learn more about you. Lord, show me where I can love you more. All right. And if you just open it up and read one verse and then close it, it's like trying to run your tractor while you filled it up with a syringe. How far are you going to get? Not very far. Now, any of y'all run your cars down pretty low? And, right? What happens when the fuel gets real low? It kind of starts hiccuping a little bit, and you kind of, oh, this is not going to go so well. And it's running on fumes. Y'all, your spiritual life's the same way. You don't wait till you're empty. All right? Fill it up regularly. Doesn't cost anything. Price doesn't go up. Right? Fill it up. Keep it three-quarters of tanker above. So my dad always said, right? You never know when it's an emergency. You need to go a long way. Keep your spiritual tank full, regularly consuming the Lord's Word. Now, husbands, fathers, you have additional responsibility. you got to care for the tanks of those around you. Make sure that your spouse and your children are having their tanks filled. All right? I have failed to consistently do the, the chapter with my children that we, we'd set out to do. We're going to do a chapter... Uh, every day. Um, we haven't done it. We didn't do it you know, but once while we were on the trip. That's an area where I need to do better. That They get a lot. You, you want to know why they can answer all those questions or whatever? It's because we spent a lot of time about two years ago back in Genesis through Exodus. We were consistent about it. And as we were going through reading it together and talking about it together, they were asking questions and I was answering. It was drawing it out. It was forcing me to have better answers. But we were consistent and diligent about it. Their tanks are being filled. They're growing, and I'm having to learn in response, too. Right? But I've slacked off on that. That's an area where I can do better, making sure that I'm set aside that time to make sure that their tanks are filled, and I need to do better about my wife. She's diligent at having her own Bible time. That's great. But we're not doing it together the same way that we once were. Right? So I've got to renovate. I've got to renovate my mind and recalibrate of what are my priorities, how do I spend my time, how do I make sure that putting the Lord first in all things is really happening. It's one thing to have the ideal. It's another to, come on, y'all. we got to make it happen. we got to do something. And so that's, that's kind of my last exhortation this morning is as you've been praying, as you've been learning in attendance at the church, as you've been reading together and filling your, your, your gas tank, right? 
Now you gotta take it out of the tank and actually put it in that tractor and run it, right? Tractors, you, 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 your life. If you just let those tanks sit up over there and you don't use them, I guess you're just gonna spoil, right? You gotta put it into practice. You gotta strive to actually do what you're learning, right? And if you go back and look at the context for each of those four verses, the context of each of those is doing. It's applying. It's going. And you can get real specific. Go read them. Go read the whole chapter around those four verses, and you'll see that they're very good exhortations of lay aside these things that don't bring glory and honor to God, that bring Him shame, and start doing things that are pleasing to Him because you're able to act and look and sound more like His Son. And that's what we want. Not because we're trying to earn our way to heaven. You can't get there. You can't earn your way in. But in gratitude for what His Son has already done. Right? Recognizing that truth. Right? So, this is a short message. And so I'm just going to leave you with that. But I want you to think about those word pictures. Think about that high priest as you pray. That I'm going in filthy rags, but as I'm leaving that time of prayer... I'm reminded that, no, I'm really wearing robes of white. And I've got a fair mitre on my head. And my sins have been put away. And Satan can't confuse me, can accuse me anymore. And that I need to always have my bearings get recalibrated. Where's that point of the horizon? As I'm sailing against the headwinds of this world, and I'm trying to serve the Lord, but I'm blown off course each time, coming back together, coming with my people, with the Lord's people, with mutual encouragement, learning the word, regularly attending worships, praying and worshiping, and reading. Reading the Lord's word. Reading it for me, and then trying to apply it. Right? Make sure that spiritual gas tank stays full. I thank you all for your time and attention. Anybody have a number you'd like to see in closing? <clears throat>